0: Cultivated Marketer, episode 12, Kristen Madonix, part two. We're going to talk team and what attributes of your teammates make a great team. We're going to talk agency versus corporate world and a little open-ended question that brought some bright ideas. Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen. And I'm Matt Tidwell. Matt, how are you doing this late afternoon?
1: I am well, Brent. It's spring. Spring has sprung, so that's nice to see, and
0: things are opening up in in more ways than one, so it's a great, great time. It's a very nice time. I have successfully converted Shrek-colored pool water to crystal clear pool water. So I'm looking for, as much as I'm going to look forward to our conversation here, I'm looking forward to taking a dip in the product of my labor over the last two weeks. Excellent, you know, let me ask
1: you a marketing question. I've heard that I saw on one of the marketing online pubs that we all get, that this is a challenging time for pool owners and pool supply marketers because there's been a shortage in of, is it chlorine
0: or I'm not a pool owner, so I don't know. Have, have you heard about that? I have not heard about any, sh- well, I've heard of shortages related to marketing and certain industries like ketchup packets, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So the, ketchup, but I've not
1: heard the pool. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I were listening the other day and they were saying something about how it was either chlorine or some sort of pool supply that, that you all who who are fortunate enough to have a pool at your home will need to purchase. There's been a shortage of it, and so marketers in, in that industry are trying to deal with it. But maybe may we all
0: have that. It's a, it's a you know, first-world problem, right? Yeah, it is a first-world <laughs> problem. Now I'm curious, and I'm gonna have to take a look and see what what pool supply. I was in Walmart buying okay. some pool supplies. Okay. all right. There well, seemed to be no shortage. No
2: shortage.
0: okay. But yeah, shout out to my friends, and to my <laughs> IABC friends and former Former yeah. T-Mobile colleagues that, that now work at Walmart, right. little shout-out <laughs> to Walmart, that, yeah, I was getting pool okay. supplies there. There seemed to be no shortage. And, you know, I will tell you, Matt, don't be too envious. Owning a pool is like the saying about owning a boat. Hmm. The best day of, a you know, the best two days of a boat owner's life is the day you buy it and the day you sell it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've I've heard similar stories, but it, it you know, we will invariably will have that, you know, 99 degree day and you'll 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 be very glad you have it. So
0: I I I will. And and speaking of jumping into the pool, we are jumping in to our second conversation with Kristen Medonix and so the first part of our conversation had to do with her career journey. And we did talk about community and what they do from a community standpoint cause marketing the second half of the conversation. We start this conversation with her because she's grown from individual contributor, very talented individual contributor. And last we left her, that's where we were transitioning out. Now we're talking the other side of the coin of what's it like to manage a team and what does she look for in attributes of great team mates? Yeah. Right. And and she's got some great
1: thoughts on that. Really excited to to have the listeners hear that. You know, the other thing that's interesting about Kristen is that like a lot of us and and you and I here here in this room certainly fit that as well. She's had a great variety of experiences. She started out as a terrific agency account executive as many of us do in our younger days and, you know, went more onto the client side, got got hired by the client as they say. So she's she's been in, bo- in both worlds, and so we ask her about that. I think that's interesting because I know I get this question a lot from younger folks breaking into the industry, getting ready to graduate, move into to marketing communications. What's the better environment? Is it better to work at an agency? Is it better to work at a at more on the client side for a company or a corporation, for profit, nonprofit? And of course, you know, it's one of those things. There there really is no right answer you know, and it's very subjective and it's dependent, I, you know, I think, and, and I won't steal Kristen's thunder, but certainly one of the things I always tell younger folks is when you're in an agency, you're going to get a lot of variety, which is interesting because you're going to get to work for more than one entity. Whereas if you're obvious, this is the obvious, but if you're working for an organization, you tend to be more myopic and focused just on that one single organization and whatever their value proposition and product line is, things like that. So, and and so I just always like asking people about that because it's it's always interesting to to hear perspectives and she gives us hers on that. But, you know, I just know that particularly for younger folks, I think that that the ability to understand what what benefits they can get at an at more of an agency environment is kind of an important thing. So anyway, we walk down that road as well and it's very interesting to hear her response.
0: Yeah, I that's something I think, you know, and Kristen offers her perspective on her experiences and, and the counsel she gives, well, I've been asked that question as well. And one of the things I end up in turn immediately asking an individual that's contemplating either environment is about their own value system, right? And where they see themselves enjoying the nature, where are they going to be best? Even going back to our Grant Gooding conversation. Sure. And and Grant just wrote a blog post. I don't know if you saw yes. this or
1: not. I, I retweeted it. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So he wrote a blog post about, it was very similar to the conversation we had around the A student, the B student, and the C student. And, and that's the kind of conversation I will have with an individual that's talking about agency or corporate environment is what do your values tell you? Where are you going to do your best work, right? You're going to have these different potential experiences. Where do you see yourself enjoying your time? And you're probably going to be best suited for the place you're going to enjoy your time the most. Now, at least initially, and people evolve over time, I started, I really started kind of agency, Shortston agency, went mm-hmm. in corporate and loved it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And then it got back to the point where I've been here, done it, and I was ready for something new.
1: Yeah. I think people go through that a lot. It's interesting, the conver- the inner conversations you have with yourself at different stages of your career. So younger folks, it might be more agency versus corporate. And then once we get to mid-career, I know a lot of crossroads people have is big company or big organization versus small organization. Particularly in Kansas City, where we have a lot of small companies. Because I've I worked in both, and I know people used to ask me which did you like better, the big, huge, global pharmaceutical company or you know the much smaller agency or entrepreneurial. I said, well, it depends on you know when you're in a big organization, you have a big engine underneath you. You know you you've got you've got more resources, you may have more funding, things like that, but you also have more bureaucracy. And you have to try to knock down those walls to get things done, right? You the small, you know, cozy organization, you don't have near the bureaucracy, right? You don't have near the, you know, kind of banging your head against the wall to get things done, perhaps, because, you know, there are fewer walls, fewer silos, but you you also may have much less of a budget. And so your resources become constrained. So again, it's in the eye of the beholder. It's, it's first world problems in many ways, but yeah. it's just interesting kind of the different dialogues that we have
0: as we move throughout our career. And I think that's one of the cool things about our show is we get a chance to explore some of those. Yeah. We, we get a chance to unpack our, our life experiences a little bit and the life experiences of our our guests, the professional experiences. It, as you were talking about that, I, I'm reflecting even on my own career. So, yeah. you know, the large investment manager who I'm worked for, where I got to run the celebrity golf tournament for mm-hmm. five years, people will often ask me based on what I do now. Brent, do you wish you had started your own firm earlier? And my response is often, heavens no, because then I wouldn't have had these other experiences that led up to that moment. Sure. Right. That led up to me being ready to do this. So it's just, yeah, like you said, it really is kind of eye of the beholder. So, and speaking of eye of the beholder or the mouths of the beholder and very individual at that is you and I will every interview, we'll ask an open-ended question and we'll give the time back to the guest in any way they see fit to respond. And in this one, we ended up with a really cool experience, a really cool case that you and I, and all the prep work we had done, all the things we expected out of the conversation with Kristen, we weren't expecting a really can I cuss on this a really kick-ass case study? Right. So we ended up with a really cool case study conversation with her. So all across the USA, they were finding people at random. And if your name matched, it was your name of the day. You could come in for a free sandwich at firehouse clubs. And, and Kristen talks to us about the evolution of the case study. It was super cool.
1: Yeah. Podcast gold, as they say, because, you know, so often you are you know, kind of in fear of that question. It's like, gee, is the guest gonna have anything to say? And, and you know, is it deer in the headlights or boy, boy? She was right there and snapped back with a fantastic answer and podcast gold.
0: Yeah, well, and it was she was so humble about it too. That's yeah. what was yeah. funny. She's like, Well, do you mind if I share this whole <laughs> story about the I'm like, We're and you and I were sitting there, I I mean, people can't see us, our eyes were wide open, jaws yeah. lifting above the desk going, This is so cool. Yeah, for sure. So with that, folks, I think we just we just sold you on this really cool case study and we're keeping you from it. So Matt, anything anything else you want to mention in tonight's discussion? Don't think so. Good visiting with you again. Always. And we have the last thing I'll leave you with before we get to Kristen is our next guest, folks. Look because Matt and I already have it in the can. It's gonna be another two parter, and it's dynamite. It's gonna be dynamite data discussion. And email marketing is with Jessica Best. So watch for that in the coming weeks. But for now, we're going to send you off to Kristen Madonix, Firehouse Subs, and our part two of our conversation where we talk team, agency versus corporate, and that killer case study about name of the day. There's a flip side to that good coaching though, right? Mm-hmm. You have to hire those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when we're, we're talking about either hiring and it sounds like you've got a great staff with you at firehouse subs and you, you were talking about the relationship you have with your direct reports and it's more than just skill, you know, there are other attributes, but Matt and I are curious what attributes when you're looking to build a team, what mm-hmm. attributes are you looking for in people? When you're you're bringing on people onto a team, you know sometimes that isn't in the form of hiring, right? If you've worked in an organization, sometimes that's merging teams, what have you. What attributes are you looking for in your team members?
2: Sure, definitely curiosity, and I think you can get that at the interview phase, or at least a hint of that based on what kind of questions whomever you're interviewing is is, is asking you. I think the folks that have been the most successful, at least on my team, are the ones that are just curious about. It how things work, why they are the way they are, how can this be better, different? So always pushing a little bit, but also really trying to understand the overall business mechanism. It's very easy to be just in the marketing silo. And I think one of the things that I appreciate most about being on on the corporate side is the ability to really understand the the bigger business and get deep into areas if you really are interested. So I spent a lot of time talking to the supply chain head I would never have guessed that at the beginning of my career that that would be somebody that I would spend a lot of time talking with, but it's really interesting. And it does have an impact on what marketing does. I mean, even in in the terms of pandemic, you know, he was letting me know what products may or may not be more challenging to to get access to. So that determined what we talked about to our guests. I don't want to promise them a product that we might have a supply chain issue because of something much further out from, you know, our immediate world. So I think folks that are, open and interested to learn in that way. I think also folks that are very detail-oriented, I mean, there are a thousand details in marketing. So people who are okay with you know being really precise and persnickety, it, it pays off in spades because then you don't have to go back and fix things later. So that's important to me as well. And, and in the spirit of that letting go, if I know I've got a, a detailed person, that's easier for me to say, I know they've got it because they are they are particular, and that empowers me to like, all right, I know they're checking all the lines and the grammar and whatever else that needs to be checked, great. So those things matter too. And then just understanding kind of being a good steward of the brand, I mean, especially as we look at creative and tone and all those types of things, people who can really kind of hear it and understand it and embrace what we've built, but also kind of help expand it. So that especially that comes in on the social and the digital end with those folks who are creating content is kind of, helping build what we've already established, but also move it forward because we never want it to be static. So a little bit of everything, I think.
0: Yeah, it's a, it sounds like I was hearing a vibe, not only of good stewards of, of the brand, but also some adaptability, right? Mm-hmm. As part of an attribute, particularly with the roller coaster we've had here. Your, your sentiment about connectivity to the supply chain too was hearkening me back to the conversation we were having a moment ago about comfort food. So I'm, I'm sure if you were incorporating or changing the product line, having that relationship with the supply chain was even more important moving forward. So mm-hmm. certainly some great insights there. Definitely.
1: You know, Kristen, I wanted to ask you, cause you strike me as, as somebody who's succeeded in a couple of different arenas, right? So definitely in the agency world, succeeding at a high level, now more on kind of what we would think of as the client side or the corporate organizational level. And I've been in both of those environments as well. And I get questions from young professionals all the time. Which one's better, right? Which one's is is it, you know, should I, particularly for a lot of the younger students I work with, should I go right away? Should I go work for an agency? What would the advantage be there? Or should I take maybe a deeper dive and go work for an organization where maybe I can learn, to your earlier point, learn more about the business, learn, you know, take a deeper dive? And it's sort of a hard question for me to answer because a lot of it is dependent on the person and kind of what they're looking for. But just because you've been somebody who's done it at high levels in both environments, what have you noticed? Maybe is some of the differences between the two, and would you recommend maybe one environment over another for a younger pro who's who's just kind of starting out in the field? But what do you think?
2: Sure, and I guess I'll I'll qualify this by I'm biased by my own experience, but you know I did find a lot of value, especially early on in my career, where perhaps I wasn't a hundred percent sure where I wanted to go. You know, I had a, a general sense, but The agency environment was great because I got exposure to a lot of different industries, a lot of different types of work, all within one general, you know, at the time public relations vein. And then that expanded as I started to join agencies that were were broader in their, their support. So I got a lot of exposure in that respect and really could kind of try a couple different things, different types of clients, different types of work, really talk to people who did different types of jobs and understand what that meant and how they got there. So that was a good introduction. I think at that point, I think as I got older, I was I decided I was ready to go into the corporate side. Like I felt like I had enough work experience to say, all right, I'm ready to be more focused. And the interesting thing on the corporate side is once I got there, yes, I was focused on one business, so the firehouse subs business, but it was pretty broad in terms of what you work on once you're inside. It's not just marketing, as I said. You know, we spent a lot of time with supply chain and. QA and the field operations component of it, which we've not talked a lot about, but the franchisee component is very different. Kind of a funny story is I remember when I joined Firehouse, I thought, oh, great. I'm leaving agency world where I had a whole bunch of clients and I'm going to corporate where i have one. And then I realized I joined a I joined a franchise entity, which has a whole bunch of clients. So I went from one to the other. So I like quickly learned what that meant and how to navigate it. So even though they are all from the same brand, is is that sometimes you have a lot of different voices kind of giving you feedback. So a little bit different, but a little bit the same. So I think it depends on a bit of where you want to go, where you think you want to go at that early stage of your career in terms of what kinds of opportunities would be a a good fit.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Definitely a lot to consider with both of those. I know, you know, in my impression, I know, Brent, you're also somebody who's worked in in both environments, right? So- It just somebody asked me what are the differences after I'd been in I'd left agency and been in in a corporate, actually for a really large global pharmaceutical company at the time. And I said, Well, you know, it's nice that I'm in a global pharmaceutical company because I've got this huge budget, I've got this big engine under me, right? And I can do just about anything I want. You know, it's it's pharma, it's all that. But you know, you also have to deal with things like silos bureaucracy, you know, a, a lot of kind of driven career people that may or may not have the best interests of your department, let's face it, at, at heart. I mean, we've, we see this happen in large corporations versus an agency where, you know, it's great. Christian, you mentioned the variety, which is terrific, but you also have some volatility there as well, right? Because mm-hmm. as we all know, great, so you and I started a smaller agency, you know, if you lose a large client, you know, that could mean that, you know, they, nobody gets paid on if it's a small enough agency on Friday. So mm-hmm. it just goes to show us, Brent, that everything in life is a trade-off, but I do think that that's what makes this an important question for us to think about as we work with young marketers, right, is to, is so that they understand kind of what some of those trade-offs are.
2: Mm-hmm. And what their tolerance is. I mean, everybody's tolerance for those types of risks are different.
1: Yeah. And I think it's to some degree age as well, because I know when I, I'm kind of like you, I felt like, well, at a younger age, I'd been exposed to all this variety of agency, but maybe I was ready for more of an organizational role where I could take a deeper dive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, to borrow from Kristen's metaphor earlier of the of the roller coaster, either path you choose is going to be a carnival ride. It's just going to look a little different. <laughs> it's just going to it's going to look it's going to look a little different depending on which ride you choose. Right,
2: it's always an adventure, either it's either
0: ride. Be, regardless, <laughs> it'll be an adventure of some sort. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is it is it the water ride where you're not quite sure what the bureaucracy water blasts are going to bring? Or is it going to be more of a traditional like bungee ride, where there are the ups and downs, and there's a lot of high adrenaline and a lot of fun, but whew, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. Yeah. It's just a different carnival ride for sure, for sure <laughs> On that note, we've had a lot of fun with you, Kristen, and and chatting and hearing about your career journey and hearing some tremendous insights about what you all at Firehouse Subs have been doing related to the pandemic. Is there anything else you'd like to mention that that we may have missed? I know I know there's one last thing I want to get out of you, but is there anything we may have missed that you might like to mention?
2: Well, you've piqued my interest now. What is this that you want to get out of me? Well,
0: I'm going to book it. Well, I'm going to book in. It's a simple thing. It's not. Are you Are you open today? That's no. I'm kidding.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: of course, yes, yes, we're open. No, it's, I wanted to book in the cause piece around if people want to contribute, wh- what's the best way they can go out and, and contribute in addition and above and beyond going in and dining. How else can folks contribute?
2: Sure. Well, in addition to going into the open restaurants, you, to, yeah. uh, you can also uh, donate online at org. So if you'd like to do it from your mobile phone or your laptop, by all means, they appreciate all the support.
0: Okay. Now, that's great. Now, anything else?
2: You know, uh, this other story came to me. It doesn't really fit in anything we were talking about, but it's kind of a fun story. So the story is, it's kind of about, you know, working with what you have and how to deal with brainstorming. So in the pre-pandemic era, it was November, and the CEO comes into my office one day, as as he typically does, and say Good morning, we chit-chat. And he says, you know, we've finished our, our system-wide media flight for the year. We're not going to be on until the next year. And he said, well, they're okay, but I'm a little concerned that they might get a little soft in the coming weeks. I'm just concerned about that. And then he leaves. And so, you know, when you have a conversation like that, you don't go back to whatever you were doing. You figure out what to do about this concern that he's just expressed to you. So I send a note to my media team and I say, hey, we're meeting in two hours. This is the challenge. We need to think about what we would do to drive sales with no extra media quickly, because we need to make an impact, you know, basically in December, see you in two hours. And so the benefit of kind of how we had to frame up that challenge is that we had some limitations to work with. So we, we didn't have any immediate dollars. We knew we needed something that could sustain itself and sustain itself, not just for a day, but for a period of time, because we didn't just want to impact one day of sales. We needed multiple days of sales. So I said, okay, these are the limitations, but the rest of the walls are wide open. So what do we do? And by going through that process, I really realized how helpful it was to have some limitations to your ideation. You know, Sometimes you think I want blue sky because it's easier. I actually really like having a couple limitations because it really focuses the thinking. And what came out of that was something we ended up calling name of the day, which was kind of what it sounds like. Every day we would announce a name via social so on our Facebook page and if it was your name you can come in and get your sub for free with any purchase. And we tested it very quickly in one market. It did really well and then we launched it system wide and people had a wonderful time with it. It was fun. They were tagging their friends. People were watching every morning because we announced it at the same time. It drove a lot of traffic into the restaurants and people you know brought their friends with them because if it was Brent's day then Matt and Kristen were going to go along with you for lunch because you're getting your sandwich for free. So it was really fun from that standpoint, and it really helped us create something out of what started as nothing. I mean, we had no paid media to support that, but the fun part of that story is really more about how we got to the concept, which was by having limitations, as opposed to just saying, I need millions of dollars, because we knew that that was not in the cards. We had to come up with something that was much scrappier than that. And I guess it goes a little bit to the conversation we had earlier about trusting, so we, we ideated that and then one of the directors on my team said, I wanna champion this idea, I'm gonna make it happen. And then I, you know, I very much kind of stepped back and of course was involved, but she really owned it and did a top-notch job with it. It worked really, really well. And there were all kinds of ins and outs of a roller coaster of that experience in terms of figuring out the names and all that kind of fun stuff. But we did end it with, uh, it was right before Christmas, so last day was Fa-la-la-la-la, if your name started with F-A or L-A, Subs are on us. So we, we did have a lot of fun with that program, but you never know where a good idea will come from or what kind of under what pressure you might come up with a great idea.
0: Well, and it, it, those limitation elements probably allowed you because of that area, those were removed. You spent less energy having to worry. You knew what the table stakes were. Mm-hmm. So it allowed you to get extremely creative about the solution itself. That's really cool. I was going to ask you how you derive the name. So was it more general like that? Or did you pick specific names? You know, we, La 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 example. That's more of a, if it was F or LA, right. That's more of a, a general, I didn't know who the base was, if it were loyalty members, if it was, or if it was more general, like you mentioned. General.
2: So it went to basically anybody on our social media feeds we would send it out via email as well but people were tagging their friends so it was a lot of people that were new to us which was wonderful and it took a little bit of time for us to kind of find what we would consider the sweet spot for about how many people we wanted to redeem a day and so we we backed into all right we need this much of the population to have the name and so then we started figuring out we should do multiple names it really started to get a little sophisticated over time which was a fun thing to kind of sort out, but unexpected too. And so we would kind of play with different versions. You know, maybe we're just going to do a name where it's, if your name starts with D, all of the D names, you know, what does that do? So we would try it out and see if that was too much or not enough and kind of tinker with those things. So we got to do lots of kind of fun twists. I think there was a Friday the 13th in the midst of this. So there was Jason was the name on Friday and a couple other, you know, kind of pop culture names. So you could definitely have some fun with it
0: yeah Jason versus Freddie debate there, yeah
2: mm-hmm. so you know it was it was all in good fun, and it was all in the spirit of the program was to have a good time, and I think a lot of our guests really had fun with it, too, and you know they would suggest names and all kind of kind of nice interaction, which doesn't always happen, certainly not for what I would call an everyday offer. You know, you give away a, a product, you don't usually get that much interaction from your your guest base, but this was a very different kind of experience, so. But those limitations made all of the difference in getting us there. Cause you're right. We came up with the idea in less than a day in terms of what we needed to do. And I don't think it would have been that efficient if we had just said, imagine what you would do, you know, to sell more sandwiches. Like we would have been, you know, had flip chart pages for days before we came up with the answer.
0: Yeah. SWOT analysis all over the place.
2: Right. Right. And and we did not have time for that. We had to do something. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the pressure's on, right? But
1: no, great story and creativity and just capturing the imagination of your customers. And and uh, yeah, that's that's terrific. Well, hey Kristen, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much. Really just some great pearls in there for for our listeners and glad we stumbled back onto each other after after all these years. And and Boy Firehouse Subs is certainly very, very lucky to have you. And it's just really cool to see good things happen to good people. So glad we could reconnect and thanks for sharing your time with with our listeners and well, I'll tell you what, Brent, this has been a good one, right?
0: It's been a tremendous discussion. We've really enjoyed it, Kristen. We really appreciate you being on with us. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Oh, my pleasure. It was great fun. Thank you both.
0: If you found value in today's episode, check us out on our website, cultivatedmarketer.com. You'll also be able to subscribe to us, rate us, and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as apple podcasts spotify and stitcher remember a garden of opportunity grows with cultivated marketer